And hello, everybody. Jim Noble and Wofford Terrier men's basketball head coach Jay McCauley for show number two of the 2020-2021 season here on the Jay McCauley Show, brought to you by RJ Rockers. Coach, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Had a great weekend here at, uh, at home and uh, looking for another uh, good week here in Southern Conference play. You know, the last time, since the last time we talked, we've had a uh, We've had three outings out on the basketball court. Uh, one down at Texas A&M, where Wofford shot the lights out the first three minutes. Uh, unfortunately, they played 40, and certainly a, a pretty active Texas A&M team took over in the second half. And then you had some work to do before we began Southern Conference play. So let's let's kind of pick up the narrative there. Going into that first game of conference play down at Mercer last week, man, you think you know what to expect but you never quite know, do you, until a team hits the floor when it's conference time. Going into that game in Macon last week, what were some of your hopes? What were some of your fears? Yeah, I, it's, it's funny. As a coach, you get this feeling when your team's really dialed in, uh, and I thought we had two really good days of practice, and I was hoping we didn't burn ourselves out using those good days. Uh, but sure enough, we were dialed in. We had some really good moments. We had some some moments that we uh, we needed to correct and the resiliency of our bunch to, to come out of there with a road win. I was really proud to see our defensive effort and our rebounding effort, which concerned me. Uh, it really did. Uh, but we were tough. We were gritty. We were together and uh, certainly shot the ball well enough to win on the road, which I was proud of. Yeah, when you go out on the road and you you sort of you sort of punch them in the mouth right at the beginning. Uh, Mercer's back on their heels. Um, they certainly did come back a couple of times. Got within two once. Got within four, I think, midway through the second half, and, and then another run really turned it into a blowout. It was essentially a twenty point win until they hit some threes at the end. What did that tell you uh, about the team in terms of their readiness to play? when the bell is rung. Yeah, we hadn't always done that this year. You remember Richmond up five, we, we kind of broke, and then South Florida up a, a couple buckets and broke. So we really needed that for our confidence to win not only that game, first Southern Conference game, but to win on the road in that fashion where we took a couple haymakers there throughout the game. They're a well-coached, really good ball club. They're going to be in the top, top tier of our league for sure. And uh, – you know, I think it speaks to our balance, Jim. Every night there's a balanced set of scoring this year. It's not dominated by one or two guys. And I think you see some guys stepping up in different moments. And that game, Ryan Larson was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Larson had 13 points in that one. Trey Hollowell, 13. Storm Murphy, 16. But the way those guys rebounded was the, the thing that really got me. I think Murphy and, and uh, Larson both with career highs in rebounding. And look, we're not the biggest team out there. We've got some very active 6'6", six, 6'7", six, 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 guys, but we don't roll seven-footers out there on a regular basis. So how big is that for those guys to come back to the ball, to dig down, to get long rebounds, and keep the ball going with the Terriers? Yeah, it's amazing what motivating snacks will do to your rebounding <laughs> And uh, they certainly wanted one uh, one of those snack times. And uh, they were all talking about that throughout the game. It was really fun. But uh, we got to do that by committee. You know, you've heard the term gang rebound. 
that's something we've got to do every night. And so far, knock on wood, that's been pretty good for us. And uh, some of those older guys know how to rotate to rebound too. Mm-hmm. And you need that with experience. Keaton, Max, some of those younger guys, Sam, are still getting used to that. But boy, are our older guys leading the way. And I think Morgan Safford's helped us a lot with that area. So that'll need to continue because uh, our league isn't getting any smaller or uh, any less physical. So that was a 78-65 road win on the road at Mercer on December 29th. And then you come home, you ring in the new year with a three-game homestand, the first one against the Samford Bulldogs. They're, they're the type of team, and maybe they were like this before when you know, Josh Sharkey and those guys were running around. He's gone now, but now they have a new coach, Bucky McMillan. They have a completely different style of playing that is going to cause a lot of headaches around the conference. Has already caused some headaches around uh, some of the teams they played non-conference. They, they beat Belmont at Belmont, a, a place where a lot of people don't come out with a W. Going into that one, did you have any idea what style you were going to face? Certainly you, you had seen them play, you know, in their non-conference schedule, but you never know what, if everybody's showing their hand or saving anything for conference play. So in terms of your scout, in terms of your pregame plan, which is very, very thorough, how hard was a team like that to game plan for? Yeah, we knew what we were going to get ourselves into, but it's different in that you can't replicate that in practice you know Jim the, the intensity the hockey subs the the constant reaching and grabbing and the athleticism and physicality you know we only have so many guys so um, you know we do those in segments and I think where they get you is they keep coming at you in waves and keep you on your heels a little bit we handled that very well in certain stretches and we didn't in others but you know, we used our non-conference in some moments that got a little hairy in the non-conference for that moment to get us over the top. And I think we made enough plays at the end of the day, even though it felt like a root canal, my first root canal of 2021. Uh, that's how I rang in the new year. Uh, it wasn't always pleasant. I was I was really happy after we finished that root canal. And uh, we'll certainly be better next time we play those guys. To have five guys in double figures, led by Storm again, who really – it just seems like he knows when he has to score and when he needs to get everybody else involved. It seems that balance is just natural to him. But five guys in double figures, uh, Storm leading the way with 23. Your young guys doing what they need to do. Uh, they're, they're a pesky team. They're a frustrating team. Um, and yet you were able to stretch it out when it counted. Uh, first of all, 2-0 and in conference play. I mean, I... There's never a bad time to be in first place. And you've got that going on right now when other teams have stubbed their toe a couple of times. Yeah, we talked about that today at practice. You know, uh, we are 2-0. and We take things one game at a time, one week at a time, and just try to put all of our energy into that. And we won that week. We really did. We put a lot into it, and we obviously reaped the benefits of, of our labor. Uh, but you know, this is a new week, and, and obviously our league is unforgiving. It's different every night. So we really just try to utilize today to get better for our next opponent, which is Greensboro. But to be 2-0, and I told our guys we weren't perfect on Saturday, but to win by double digits at home, to be 2-0, and you can live with that and, and still get better and better as long as you have proper uh, perspective, which I think our young guys are doing a good job of. As we said, five terriers and double figures, but the star of the game, 
Storm Murphy, 23 points, 8 for 8 from the free throw line, a career-high 11 assists. Here's what Storm had to say about the big win over Sanford. Sanford likes to ramp it up, you know, pressing the whole game and trapping and, um, you know, running a lot of plays and actions that have them getting downhill. They crash really hard, so it's a really physical game as well. Um, you know, but we knew that coming in, so we were pretty prepared. But, you know, I feel like every time we play Sanford, no matter who's on their team, who's the coach, whatever, um, it's going to be a, a fist fight and a battle. So, um, you know, I'm just really happy with our team being able to pull it out and go 2-0 and this week. Uh, I think that was huge. I tell you, Jay, a, a lot of teams have a lot of senior leaders but Storm is really, you know, taking on that responsibility and, and just said, hey, guys, if you need me, I'm here all the time. Guy's got great energy. I mean, he's got energy during the game, before the game, during your post-game press conference. <laughs> he's always smiling. He's just a uh, – he's a great human being, and he's a great leader for us, and he's put a lot of work into this deal, and he cares at a high level. And when you have your best player be your hard worker, uh, it really, really translates, I think, into a lot of areas in your program that I think other cultures struggle with. And, you know, he's playing at a high level. He's seeing the ball go through the net. He's always a perfectionist. He wants to play better and do the little things. We always talk about his 5 to 10% that he can get better. So he's always trying to find that edge. And I know he's excited about this upcoming week. All right, when we come back, we'll talk about the upcoming week. It has changed a little bit. That coming up next as the Jay McCauley Show continues. And welcome back. Jim Noble, Jay McCauley with you. The week upcoming for the Wofford Terriers. Actually, we'll we'll kind of take a look at the next few games because um, we don't really know exactly when folks are watching the show. So the magic of Zoom and the magic of virtual coaches shows in this crazy world that we live in right now but let's start off with the next one on the schedule as we speak jay unc greensboro comes to town you always know Wes miller is going to have them ready to play wofford that has been such a great rivalry over the years you always know isaiah miller is going to do his thing but this is anything but a, a one-man ball club yeah, they're they're a tough outfit and they're, they've been winning a long time and uh coach miller is going to have those guys ramped up, especially how uh, that ETSU game went. And, uh, you know, our guys are super pumped about playing on Wednesday, not alone just because it's UNCG, but uh, obviously just having a chance to play any game this year. So we're not taking that for granted. We know uh, it's a big game for us. All these games are big, but we're really going to have to set our jaw for a physical, physical Southern Conference battle. And, uh, we wouldn't want it any other way, Jim. They will come at you defensively. They will press you. Isaiah Miller, uh, probably the best pure defensive player in the league in terms of athleticism. But being counted on to score a lot more now because they've lost James Dickey. They've lost Kyron Galloway. And I think the, I think UNCG has been kind of figuring themselves out in the non-conference play. And you mentioned a, a loss, a 10-point loss at home to ETSU last week. So, What's the mindset here? Do you do you try to control Miller and then kind of let the others do their thing? Do you compromise it like that? Give me a little insight into the uh, the mindset without giving too much away. Yeah, we don't want to give too much, but uh, you know we got a lot of respect for Miller. He's obviously the reigning player of the year and uh, can do a lot of damage in so many ways. And I think you hit it on the head. Defensively, he is a pest, and uh, 
we might practice with 10 little terriers out there against our starting five to, to, to replicate that. But, uh, you know, we got to keep him out of the paint and we got to keep him from getting his own misses back. He always floats around the rim and gets any miss back with the second jump. And uh, we're going to have to rebound by committee, but they're a tough, talented athletic bunch and they've got plenty of firepower that we're going to have to be uh, mindful of. But a lot of, a lot of his points in production guys is, you know, 19, 20 points per game, the way we've got to prevent that is by 25 field goal attempts, not 15 field goal attempts. So the more field goal attempts that we can make him frustrated, the better for the Terriers. And uh, we'll certainly try to do that on Wednesday. Yep, absolutely. That one, of course, set for Wednesday on January 5th at Jerry Richardson Indoor Stadium. And then we thought the homestand was, home was going to continue with a third game, but we got word that ETSU has had some COVID-related issues. So Wofford's home game Saturday, January 9th has been postponed. So barring any schedule adjustments that we don't know of yet, and so far the SOCON has just elected to go to the route of postponing games and not reschedule them right away, how do you handle the weekend? Or do you even know yet? Yeah, I, I literally got word 10 minutes ago that this game was uh, postponed. And I, I've got a call with Coach Shea at ETSU. He called me during practice and our AD and uh, trying to get to the bottom of what's next. You know, obviously, this is the first time it's affected us as a team um, in conference play. It certainly affected us in the non-conference quite a bit. But how they're going to shift these games around, when you're going to make them up, if you're going to make them up, you know, we've got to get to the bottom of all that here in the next few hours and few days. But for us, the most important thing is to practice today and take care of our business today and get ready uh, so that we can play on Wednesday because it's going to be a heck of a fight. Have the coaches got together through the, the, the first week or two of the season when I think the Citadel had issues, Western Carolina's had issues now, and now a third team in the conference is having issues. Are there preferences about when you'd like to make these games up, would we ever go to a uh, kind of a home and home situation or is it just way too early for that right now? Yeah, we threw a lot uh, against the wall early in the year. And I think a lot of leagues have been proactive uh, in, in trying to see down the road a little bit. And, and we've kind of stuck to what we usually do, uh, which, you know, we may have to look at here if it continues to get worse and worse, but uh you know, we can't worry about that as, as a team. I've got to worry about getting our guys ready to play and be as safe as we can and as diligent as we can. And uh, I know those other teams, we're t constantly texting the Southern Conference head coaches. They're trying to do the same thing, but, you know, a lot of these things are very uncontrollable and out of, out of their hands and the variables are so many. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see how the league handles that. And uh, we're hoping to get in as many as we can. Yeah, the schedule giveth and the schedule taketh away after what was supposed to be a three-game homestand. You you will go on the road for three. So is there a sense of we got to make hay while we have these games at home? Because, you know, road games are, are, are tough. I don't care if there are fans in the stands this year, Jay, or not. Road games are road games and road wins are road wins, just like Mercer. So maybe a sense of hold serve at home and then try to do what we do on the road. Yeah, have to, have to. And, you know, I know – for me, and I speak for our players, and I, you know this, we have the best home court advantage in the Southern Conference, in my opinion, one of the best in the country. And to not have our fans there is really, really tough, but our guys are bringing their own energy. 
we're hoping in due time that we can we can eventually maybe get some there uh, to root us on. But we're trying to hold court at home. We have to. And then road games are gold. We've got to collect when we can. And certainly we got a big one at Mercer. We took care of business versus Sanford, and it's going to be another tough outfit coming in here Wednesday. We'll have to hold serve. Final question uh, about the league as a whole. We've watched some of these scores come in. We've watched some of the competition. Furman is off to a good start, but they, they, they haven't exactly blown anybody out in their first two wins. There's a sense that the very top echelon of the league, as was predicted by the media and maybe even the coaches, might not be uh, – there's not as big a distance – as maybe there was in the past two years with Wofford running the table two years ago, ETSU having a great year last year, that the middle of the league has caught up a little bit. And instead of maybe a top three or four, there may be a top seven or eight this year and just let it go wild. Cause I think a lot of teams can beat a lot, another team on any given night. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, we got, we got news today that we're one of six conferences out of, 30 plus in the country that have all of our teams in the top 180 in the net rankings. And we're second, obviously, right now at 88, which is uh, not where we were at two years ago, but we're, we're still making strides and our young guys are playing hard. And, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, ball to be played, Jim. And I know our viewers know this that'll sort itself out throughout the, the, the league play. And the non conference was so different. Some played a lot of non-D ones, some didn't. Some had to play all big boys and some didn't. So I think we're still figuring out some things about our league. And obviously there's been a couple big games already. And everyone was talking about how ETSU was going to be down a little bit. And what do they do? They they go out and win their first game in convincing fashion on the road. And, uh, you know, I think every night's going to be interesting that way. I really do. Well, when we come back, we're going to shift gears a little bit and talk about some of the New faces and names on the Wofford roster, and they have been thrown right into the breach and done quite well so far. That coming next as the Jay McCauley Show rolls on, brought to you by RJ Rogers. And welcome back, everybody. Jim Noble, Jay McCauley, the Jay McCauley Show. And, you know, we know the quote-unquote big names on this roster pretty well. We've been hanging around with Storm Murphy and and Trey Hollowell and, and Ryan Larson and, and, and some of the uh, the grizzled veterans, Jay. Uh, we see them on the bus. We see, you see them in practice. You see them back and forth between classes. So uh, we think we know those guys pretty well. But this year, you've relied on on really a quartet of newcomers that very individual, maybe even very different kind of guys. But each brings a little bit of flavor. Uh, to the new Wofford meal, so to speak. Let's talk about the new guys one by one, and we'll start with the uh, the oldest of them all because B.J. Mack came over as a transfer from South Florida. I used to watch the guy play high school here in Charlotte and played for a couple of Charlotte high schools, went to Hoke Hill Academy, went to South Florida. It really sounds like B.J.'s found a home here at Wofford. Yeah, everybody loves B.J. here. He is a you know, you, you hate to say teddy bear, but like he's just got a joyful presence about him. You've been around him on the road already and, you know, guys like being around him and he's really connected with our guys. And I thought he played his best game versus Sanford, had some big moments down the stretch. And uh, we're just trying to continue that confidence. He really wants to shoot the ball better. I know he can shoot the ball better. He's getting in the gym and he's finally getting back to being fully healthy. He had some 
some bad breaks there in the non-conference, but we couldn't afford to take them out because we had some other issues going on with, with our depth. Uh, but BJ is, is a great member of our team and uh, we're glad to have him. He's got a bright future ahead of him. He's not the prototypical banger that 6'8", 250 would tell you. He's got a lot of skills on the perimeter. How do you balance that out? Say, I don't want to shoot you. I don't want you to shoot a three every time on the floor. Um, but knowing what kind of guy he is, he may not be a, you know, 6.16 rebound type of player. So do you have to adjust to his game a little bit? Yeah, you have to. And he will tell you he's got to get in better shape and he's got to continue to hit the weight room. And it's been such an unconventional and it's not uh, his fault. It's been an unconventional year where we didn't have him in the summer. We didn't have him a lot in the preseason. We had to really condense what we did in a short period of time. So he still needs an offseason to get fully healthy and in shape and all that. And we're kind of trying to do that as we go. But he made two really critical buckets, one at Mercer, a shot fake uh, floater in the paint when the game was in kind of the balance the last four minutes, which was huge for us. And then Sanford, you remember, he made that hook shot over his right. left shoulder. And you just got to tell him and constantly remind him, you could be that double threat for us. And so when the shot's not falling sometimes, we want that ball in the post with him. And he's got that type of game. He'll continue to work on that. And uh, he's certainly a skilled enough player to accomplish both. All right. So BJ is 6'8", coming in at six foot nine, freshman, uh, Sam Godwin, the kid from Oklahoma who has really showed some polish for, for, a, for a true freshman to come in and show the kind of poise and the inside moves. I was blown away the first couple of times I saw Sam and he's done nothing, but I, I think get better every, every step of the way so far. Yeah. I love him. Love that guy. Top four in the country right now is a freshman in offensive rebounding percentage, which is insane. And we've had a lot of those guys in the past with high motor, getting their shoulder by getting loose balls, giving up their body. We, we joke about him as a staff in the locker room, he's living in an ice bath if he's not playing because he is bruised up, cut up. That's just how he plays. And uh, you saw his athleticism on some of those dunks. Mm -hmm. And he's still growing in confidence on the offensive end. He'll get there. And he can really shoot the ball too now. He just has to, you know, see a few go in. And I'm excited about his future. If you see him around town in Spartanburg, someone buy the kid some vegetables. He hates vegetables. We got to get him <laughs> eating vegetables. He's got to grow up a little bit. He's 18 years old, but he can't live off chicken fingers and fries. Got to get him some vegetables. I got a 19-year-old down the hallway that I'd like you to give the same speech to. That would really help <laughs> me out. I appreciate it. First of all, have you seen the replay of Sam's double dive down the floor with you leading the way down the floor? You look like Lane Kiffin running down the sideline and, and tell, dive, dive again. That was priceless. Yeah, yeah, and I was I was really upset he wasn't rewarded with uh, what he should have got, which was uh, a foul. But that that happens, happens in Southern Conference play sometimes. But how about that effort? Full speed Superman layout, get up again, do it. Have a guy land on your back full mm -hmm. speed, and have your whole team rally around you. And that's how we got to play, and that's how we got to respond. If that means me doing the MC Hammer dance down the sideline. <laughs> So be it. Hopefully I didn't rip my pants. We'll get you so those parachute pants. You'll be all set to go, man. And finally, I, I hate to lump these guys together, but they were kind of like Wofford's secret weapon because they didn't play, you know, for the first month or so of the season. Max Klesman and Keaton Turner. I, I know you were you were really bummed when they had their 
their injury and illness issues early in the season. But you roll them out there. Uh, their first collegiate start comes at Texas A&M, an SEC team. Klesman drops 14 on the Aggies right off the bench, and Keaton looks like he belongs as well. Yeah, Keaton was our second best shooter when he went down, uh, you know, with kind of a respiratory deal that kept him out a few weeks. So um, glad to have him back. He's going to be great for us. Uh, I love his firepower offensively, and he's learning from Storm every day. And, uh, you know, Max is just a tough dude, man. He is a tough dude and isn't afraid. First game goes out there, has a few mistakes flushes those down the toilet and keeps playing has 14 and certainly has made a big impact. He was one of our most productive players plus minus yesterday or Saturday in the Sanford game, which that's a whole different style. And for a freshman to not blink on that, he's going to be really, really good down the road here for us. And uh, he'll continue to get better and better. Well, you put it all together right now. It adds up to five and three and a two and zero start on the conference. Of course, we've got some work to do and it's a long, long season, but I am really, really excited about the brand of basketball you guys have laid out on the floor in the first couple of games and ready to do some more. I know you are too. I know it's going to be a, a tightrope walk in terms of the schedule and where we're going. So we'll try to keep people up to date and Jim, we always appreciate your time. We'll see you at Jerry Richardson Indoor Stadium in just a little while. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate it. All right. Head coach Jim McCauley, a reminder, the Jimmy Garrity Show will be coming up on this same YouTube channel, on the Wofford website, on our Twitter feeds, everywhere you can watch Wofford basketball. Jay and Jimmy will do their shows alternating weeks until we get to the conference tournament, and we'll do the big blowout with both for tournament time. So for head coach Jim McCauley, I'm Jim Noble. Thanks to everybody at RJ Rockers for sponsoring the Jim McCauley show. And we'll see you next time. Happy new year.